Shirley Ambrose had always been a person who'd hummed. I probably just hadn't noticed. Isn't it time for a morning coffee run? I asked him as he launched into the second round of a currently popular dance song, song wordlessly. You know how my mom gets without her caffeine. He paused the instrumentals. I thought you'd want to do it, to see Leo, don't you? I shifted in my seat, then realized I was literally uncomfortable at this question and made myself still. I'm kind of deep in these place cards right now. He looked over from his own stack, equal size to mine. You are? Ew. (laughs) Well, yeah, I tried to sound breezy offhand, two things I never was. It didn't work. A fact made clear when he gave me his full focus of attention. Hold on, I thought you guys had a good time the other night. We did, I said, folding another card. I'm just, you know. Usually when you trail off, people just finish the sentence in their own heads. Ambrose's was clearly still full of beats and choruses from songs because he said, You're what? I'm busy. I told him, and it's your job. He drew back. Okay, sorry, I'll go right now. With that, he pushed out his chair and got to his feet, then headed back to the office where my mom and William were conferring with the valet parking company about Eleanor Lynn's rehearsal dinner. He was whistling as he went. I was sure he'd never done that before. So he was happy. No crime in that. And just because he had a great time with Lauren the night before, he hadn't said so exactly. But the music-making spoke volume. Didn't mean he he was going to win her bet and me lose. I only had to keep going on dates, just like the one I'd done with Leo. I wasn't humming, mind you, but I'd done it. I winced to myself even as I thought this. After Lauren and Ambrose had left the night before, Leo and I had talked for another hour or so. Mostly about his writing, the conversation got interrupted by Jilly coming to complain that the party sucked and she wanted to go home. Finally, at around 11, she bumped into some guy she knew from yet another food truck. The community was wide-reaching and decided she wanted to indefinitely stay just as I was ready to leave. In the end, I got a ride with Leo on the back of his fake gear bike, where I felt every bump and rattle of the handful of miles back to my house. Once there, I could tell that he expected to be invited in by the way he kept glancing at the door. But William's car was still here, and I didn't feel like making introductions. In the end, we sat on the curb, his bike lying beside us. I was tired of talking, tired of in general, and just trying to come up with a good exit strategy. But Leo was still going full speed with his riding. Really, it's all a process, he explained to me. You have to be into it, you know? If you nurture it, something beautiful comes out of it. I could admit all of this sounded exotic and dramatic at one point, but after a few hours earlier, and I still didn't understand exactly what his book in progress was about. That's cool, I said. A response I'd taken to alternating with a few others, like, wow, interesting and just for the variety i never saw it like that for someone so interested in words he'd never seemed to notice the repetition 
Now he smiled like it was like I was cute. Before reaching out, rubbing his thumb along the side of my mouth, then down my face. I was thinking maybe I had something on my face and wondering for how long when he suddenly moved in to kiss me. In a swift mo Oh and it was swift and sudden and took me by total surprise. Even before he leaned back into the grass with one smooth movement. It was not exactly romantic. And then his mouth was on mine. I let it go on for a long enough period as to not seem totally rude, then sat back up. Well, I said as he pulled back his eyes sort of dazed. I should go, it's really late. Now? He looked at the house again. Really? Yeah, I made an effort to look apologetic, like it was not actually my choice. I have an early day, and all. Yeah, okay, cool, he said, cutting me off. I get it. I stood up, aware of the dampness from the grass on my back. I'll see you at work, I guess. Sure. I started to walk up, relieved to be finally wrapping things up. I'd only taken a few steps, though. When he said, it's the bet, right? Just dates, nothing more. FYI, I didn't really want that either. Pausing, I said. Okay. It is, he replied. Okay, I mean. Right, I thought. He was still there on the curb when I went inside. So that was my night. Not totally terrible, just weird. I did not, however, leave me humming, whistling, and walking with a literal bounce in my step. Something I noticed as Ambrose had passed me. You want anything? He asked me. No, I told him, then realized I sounded surely. I added, thanks, though. He gave me a thumbs up, then pushed open the door. Ira tied up to the nearby bench, wearing a green bandana, and right to his... had gone right to his feet. As Ambrose bent over to him, petting his head, I saw him whistling again. Just then, my phone rang. Each time had passed that, sometimes I didn't even notice the Lexi Navigator ringtone anymore. Today, though, for whatever reason, the opening chords made my heart hurt in a way it had not in a while. Hey, Julie said, sounding especially cheerful herself. Considering it was morning and I knew she had all four kids with her for a full day. Happy Wednesday. Is it? I asked, doing another card with a bit of extra force on the fold. Sure. She replied, it's sunny and gorgeous, and we are on the way to get the best biscuits in town. It's perfect. I blinked in the background. Crawford spoke for me, saying, you're being weird today. Can a person be happy once in a while? She asked him. To me, she said, his truck is actually right over near you. Can you take a break? I want you to meet Michael Salem. Does he always go by his first and last name? Salem is his middle name, she corrected me, and I think it's cute. This is the guy from the party last night, I asked. I met him there, yes, she replied, but he's not just some guy from a party, if you know what I mean. What do you mean, I asked. Just that, you know, she lowered her voice. I like him. A lot. Like, very much a lot. I was about to tell her that she'd only just met him, that it couldn't be possible that she was serious. But I knew the tone of her voice, the buoyant giggle, the sudden glint of the word, world got on the morning after like this. Clearly, Epic was going around. 
Too bad I'd already gotten my term. That's great, Jilly, I said. I'm so happy for you. Well, I mean, it's early, she replied, sounding anything but underconfident. But he's just... He's so nice, Luna, and he's totally not my type. He had a hoodie on and carried a skateboard the entire time we were together. And he's a redhead with freckles. I smiled. I can't wait to meet him. Then come to the truck. The biscuits are to die for. I wanted a muffin, Crawford said. Me too, said the twins. We hate biscuits. She was hardly bothered by this, though. Luna? I looked back at the office where my mom was still on the phone. I can't. We've got a huge rehearsal. Dinner this weekend and a wedding. There's tons to do. Oh, okay. She sounded disappointed for about two seconds. But you will meet him, and soon, okay? We'll double date. You and the coffee guy. Hey, how did that go, anyway? You look like you were having fun. It was fun, I told her. As Ambrose had came back in with the coffee, then hummed his way past me, giving me away with his free hand. I tried not to win. Probably failed. I'll fill you in later. Do that. Or call me if you do get a break. I'm in the car or the truck all day, at least until like five. Have a great day. Okay. I said, not trying to match her enthusiasm. I put down my phone, then picked up another card, folding it and adding it to the stack. As I reached for another one, a book suddenly dropped on the table beside me. A slim paperback. The cover featured a line drawing of a field, one crow flying overhead. Harvest, it said on the cover. I looked at Ambrose, who was taking his seat beside me. What's this? A loan from Leo. He replied, starting in his own pile of cards. He said to take your time with it. I pulled the book over, flipping it open. A novel by McCallum McCarthy, said the title page. I turned another page, which had the passages highlighted, notes scribbled in the margins, and the first line read, In a world, in a field, a plow sits. Harvest has come. Oh, for God's sakes, I said out loud, pushing it aside. Ambrose glanced at me. Are you okay? I'm fine. I said a bit too forcefully. I just want to work. Sure, he pulled another card. Let's work. A moment later, he started humming again. Candles, William said, handing me a long plastic lighter. Don't forget the ones by the gazebo. I nodded, then walked over to the nearest table set with thick linens and gold rim china. A huge collection of white lilies at its center. As I bent over the three-pillar candles arranged just around the place settings, I breathed in their fragrant smell, hoping it might improve my mood. It couldn't hurt to try. So the week hadn't been great, at least. It was busy with the details for the weekend. Eleanor Lynn's rehearsal dinner and wedding distracted me from Amber's cheerful mood and Jilly's own epic night, which I'd heard all about in the days since. Michael Salem, he was indeed referred to both of his names, had just graduated from the fountain school. Skateboarding and competitions had four siblings too, just like her. She even included a picture of him leaning out of the truck, smiling. A dour-looking Crawford reflected in his big white framed sunglasses. He was cute, and yes, not her type at all. 
You just never knew, I guess. I moved onto the table next to me, lighting the candles there. Behind me, distantly, I could hear my mom talking to Eleanor Lynn's mother, who had proven to be the biggest wrinkle in the fabric on this weekend's events. Mothers at the brides were always a factor. They had emotions and opinions and were often enlisted to convey every certain message or directives the bride was too timid to deliver herself. Eleanor Lynn didn't need anyone to speak for her, though. She was smart, assertive, and knew exactly what she wanted. I thought she was tough until I met Miss Lynn, who was all of these things, but louder, bossier, and ready to spar any second, when anything didn't suit her. In another world, she and my mom might have been friends, purely out of their similarities. In this one, though, there are anything but. People will need direction as they come in, Miss Lynn was saying as she dapped her face with a Kleenex of which she kept an impressive supply in her bra of whatever she was wearing. The first time I noticed her yanking out a tissue from that area, it startled me. And now it was all I... But now it was all I could do not to reach over and do the same when pollen count was high. You got to know people in weird ways at weddings. And it's rude not to have someone over there to greet them. Eleanor felt, my mom replied using two words, the two-word prefix that usually utilizes with Miss Lynn in these conversations. The having the table assignments in the gazebo as guests entered would be enough. Well, I don't, so put someone there. With that, she walked away. I risked a glance at my mom, who was watching her friend. That's not what it says. <laughs> it was watching her go, face calm but eyes narrowed. There really was no counter-argument to a person telling you that you're wrong and then what to do, even if you were Natalie Beret. And I felt a rush of protectiveness toward her. When she glanced at me, though, it quickly went back to the candles. Just as I lit the wick around a candle in a glass... I don't know what this is. Someone leaned over me and blew it out. Annoyed, I glanced up. Ambrose. Sorry, he said quickly. I just can't light a candle without making a wish and blowing it out. It's some kind of birthday thing. I looked at the plastic lighter in his hand. Then you definitely should not be doing this particular job. It's okay, he assured me. I'm just lighting them, wishing and blowing them out, then lighting them again. Granted, it had been a long day. Just about anything had the potential to cross the line of just too much. But there was something about this that shot me over it. Are you serious? I demanded. What? That is the stupidest, most waste of time I've ever heard. Ouch, he raised his eyebrows. Are you mad at me or something? It's not professional. Making wishes, lighting candles twice, you're out here representing our company. You need to act like it. I watched him as he took an exaggeratedly slow look around the backyard of the historic mansion that was our venue. Beside us, there was a string quartet turning up and a couple of caterers. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry. With that, he went to another table, and I went back to my own work. I found myself pausing, though, with the next candle I lit, thinking of what he said. But I didn't make a wish. What was the point? By 6.55, when all the candles were done and the first guests were pulling up to the valet stand, my mom came over to me. I'm going to need you to stand by the gazebo and direct guests to their tables. Her face was sour when she said this, clearly not happy. That made two of us. 
Sure, I told her. But I don't think we need it. People can figure it out for themselves. She gave me a smile, squeezing my arm as she walked away. Over in the gazebo, I double-checked all the tea lights were lit. The seat assignments lined up neatly on the table in front of them. When an older couple came through, I smiled, ready to guide them. But they just took their cars and walked on, not even looking at me. One point to Natalie Bure. As another group of guests approached, I looked across the table to a small pond in the backyard's edge, where Ambrose was standing with William, talking about something. His face was animated as he gestured, gestured, smiling frequently, as William nodded politely, seeming kind of charmed. I thought of Julie earlier, and all day really, the unique quality of unique quality to a person's voice when you know they are just as happy to hear themselves say something as they are to tell you it. Of course, I didn't say Ambers was definitely talking about Lauren. It could have been Ira or anything, and yet, I looked away. Luna? I turned to see Ben Reed standing by the place card table wearing a shirt and tie smiling at me. He sat beside me the entire semester of a boring World Civ class during which he'd taken... We'd taken turns keeping each other awake and partnered up with projects. He was a nice guy, funny and sweet, with a long-time girlfriend, Amy Tellman. But he did it since middle school. Hey, I said, then gave him a hug. What are you doing here? Dennis, he explained. Ben played for the varsity team. Until that moment, I've never seen him without a racket in his back pocket. Of his backpack. There he is. Albert Lynn and I grew up doing the camps and tournaments together. Our moms are close. What about you? How do you know Eleanor and Mark? My mom's a wedding planner. I'm working. I explained. Then turned to the table, scanning the cards until I found his name. I picked it up, holding it out to him. And you are at table six. Thank you, he said, taking it from me. He glanced into the yard. Looks fancy. And I wish I'd brought a date. How's Amy? He winced, hearing this, that basically answered my question for me. I want to know, we broke up a couple of weeks ago. What? I said, shocked. He winced again. Oops. I'm... I'm sorry, you guys were so... I'm sorry. He nodded. Thanks, it was her decision. Last summer before college, wanting to make a fresh start at UC Berkeley, blah blah, I should have seen it coming. Well, I didn't. Me neither. I'm basically torn, but... He sighed, looking down at his card. Anyway, it's great to see you. Especially not having an old teacher over us talking about global implications. He did love the big con- consequences, I agreed. As two women entered the gazebo. Have a fun night. At this, he made a face and smiled. He started across the lawn to his table. Halfway there, he turned back and glanced at me. Looking away quickly when he saw I was still watching him. Wait, what is this? The tables. How do we know which numbers are we? Okay. I sighed inwardly, then turned around to help the two women. One point to Miss Lynn. No matter the issue, there was always an ongoing tally somehow. The end of the rehearsal dinner is different from that of a wedding, 
Even if it's late, there's still a sense of anticipation and excitement. The big wedding is still ahead. That is if you're a guest. When you're working, it's one down, one to go. You sure you won't get upset? I gave Ambers an apologetic look, knowing I deserved this. No, I shouldn't have earlier. I was super grumpy for some reason. I'm sorry. It's okay, he said. Then as I watched, he briefly closed his eyes, blowing out the candle between us. Again, I wondered what he wished for. I'd never asked, though. I didn't realize was Leo was such a bust as a date. He wasn't. I told him, blowing out the next candle. It's me. Lauren seems to think otherwise. You talked to Lauren about this? Well, yeah, he said. He glanced at me. You weren't yourself, and Leo is her best friend. I figured she'd have some insight. I suppose I deserve that, too. But it was harder to take somehow. Did she? She said, he replied, moving to the next table, that he's a great if you knew him forever, like she has. But that in college he became a bit... I waited, curious about what exactly was the adjective would follow. This was not the case when you filled it in yourself. Insufferable, he finished. He blew out another candle. She blames his writing professor and hopes it's just a phase. But she understood he probably isn't the best boyfriend material right now. Good thing I'm not the one who has to stick in a long-term relationship, I commented. Oh, I've got you beat. No question, he replied. Lauren will make it easy. After all the whistling, humming, bouncing steps, and general good cheer, the fact that he felt this way shouldn't have been any kind of surprise to me. But hearing it, for whatever reason, was still difficult. I had a flash of him standing behind me, cutting the cake, then quickly pushed it away. She seems great, I said. She's awesome. He moved over to the next candle. Don't feel bad, it was just a super stroke of good luck that she showed up when she did last night. I'm still in this, I reminded him. All I have to do is date a bunch of people once, and I'm doing that. True, true, he agreed. Out on the street, someone zoomed past tires squeaking. I could only hope it wasn't one of the valets. So, you're saying you have another prospect already lined up? I'm working on it, I said, which wasn't exactly a lie, if thinking counted as working. What had actually been... Dreading a bit worryingly was that if Jilly was so into Michael Salem, I'd be losing the one person who was happy to set me up repeatedly. Unless he had a friend. Or, um, lots of friends. Well, good, Amber said. It's no fun if we can't keep this interesting. Don't worry about that. You just focus on yourself, I said. I walked over to another table and bending over the row of small candles there to blow them out. Once done, I looked up and he was staring at me. What? You really don't make a wish? Like ever? It's not my birthday and this isn't a cake, I pointed out. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. Why wouldn't you ask for something given the chance? Birthdays are special. These are just candles. It still counts, he said firmly. Ambers, come on. What, you don't need anything? Your life is perfect? It's just a wish, I said. I don't want to burst your bubble, but just because you make them doesn't increase the chances of them working. You're still putting it out there, though, 
He counted into the universe that has to count. I looked down at the row of four flames in front of me. Let's just agree to disagree, okay? It's your thing, like stealing dogs and dancing at weddings. Doesn't mean it has to be mine, right? That's how you sum me up, he asked. And I smiled. Dog stealer and dancer and wishmaker, I added. I'm just not. That's okay, right? He held my gaze for a second, and I had that fleeting thought. Out of nowhere that he might say it wasn't. Instead, though, he came over and bent down and closed his eye, blowing out the row from one end to another. When he was done, he gave me a smile, then walked off to the next table. It wasn't until later, driving home, that I realized he never actually answered my question. But I knew the real reply to his. My last birthday, I'd closed my eyes and thought of nothing when I leaned over my cake. You stop believing in wishes when the only one you want to make can never come true.